Okay, you ready to do this thing? One second, I'm going to get another drink. Hello, and welcome to the Zero Stars Podcast, a podcast about video games and rosé. My name is Bob. And my name is Matt. And we're going to talk about video games. But first, we're going to talk about rosé, the sweet treat of the season. (laughs) (laughs) You seemed almost hesitant on that. I thought you loved rosé. I do actually really like rosé, but I I didn't know if that's necessarily what it was. I had a froze the other day. It was all right. It was not great. Is it like it was like a slurpy consistency? Are we talking about or yeah, a slushy? It's like it's it's like a what's it what what's the difference? A slushy is like thicker, like a like the ice chips are in it. You know what I mean? But like a slurpy, oh, this a was, slurpy is this just that slurpy. like like real liquid, like comes out and looks like the poop emoji. It looks like the poop emoji. Yeah, where yeah, it was one of those, but it was pink and it had lots of other things in it. Like, like what? Like insects. Probably. I mean, there's a lot of insects in everything we eat because they just get ground up whenever you're doing, whenever you're grinding your rosé. It had a lot of things I couldn't pronounce in it. Like Like in that they were chemicals? Liqueurs and various probably small fruits. This was for flavoring. Yeah. Um, It was all right. It was $14. It was not worth $14. That's too much. That's too much for a frosé. How much have you paid for frosé? I've never purchased frosé because I just want to drink it, and that gets in the way of my consumption. Okay, so how, how what I you drink a frosé? I wasn't spooning this. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, it was like it was liquid enough that you could do that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, this wasn't a custard. Did you find frose. it particularly refreshing? It was all right. Hmm. Kind of disappointed in that. You know what I'm disappointed in? What? I recently found out that uh, Miller High Life isn't actually from France or brewed in the Champagne Valley. That is actually false advertising, though. Yeah, I'm pretty pissed off. Wow, that's crazy, man. Yeah, they're not getting my money, except for Miller Lite. I'll Why continue to purchase Miller Lite. anybody made a... I mean, I assume somebody's making like a beer Slurpee, but it probably doesn't have a great name like Frosé. It probably tastes disgusting. Uh, you do like a sour, maybe. You know, you ever you ever have like a like a frozen mug? You ever put like the glass mug in the freezer? And you take that sucker I out? I don't own any glass mugs. Yeah, but like if you did... you ever, Well, you could probably do it with a normal mug. So anyways, you take that thing, you pour the beer into that out of the fridge, and then it gets like this ice on it. Yeah. It's incredible. It is. And so what if it, the whole thing was that? It'd be all right. It'd be pretty good, right? I'll do that. All right. We're opening a store. <laughs> what do we call it? It's only good in the summer. <laughs> That's the name of the That's store. That's the name of the store and the beer. Yeah. <laughs> Don't even try and come here in the winter. <laughs> we'll be open, but we're going to be very disappointed. It will be bad. You will have a bad time. Yeah. I'm sorry I didn't buy any rosé for this. That's okay. This particular I mean, podcast. right now we're we're rolling with some uh Miller Lights, which are uh I mean, more or less the official beer of this podcast. I I consider it a craft brew. <laughs> in that I consider this our arts and craft project and I'm drinking it right now. This is our arts and crafts project. Yeah. <laughs> this is what we do instead of like a a, a scrapbooking party. Oh, I also do that. But it's only pictures of us doing this that I'm surreptitiously <laughs> taking. The Zero Star Scrapbook that goes out to all of our Patreon subscribers. Yeah, so check us out on Kickstarter. <laughs> all right. Um, 
I think it's time to talk about the news. All right, let's talk about the news. Did you see that uh, there were indictments for 12? Oh. Oh, no, video game news. Oh. The news that matters, Matt. Okay, my mistake. Hey. I haven't paid attention to the video game news. Tell me about it. All right, man. Uh, story number one. There were indictments of 12 Pokemon <laughs> over the weekend. We'll never actually probably take action on them, though, because <laughs> we don't have extradition <laughs> with... Pokey, Pokeland? What's, what's like what a, is the world that the Pokemon come from? Yeah. Well, there was that one that looked like France. Oh, they all have different... They all like have real world analogs. Oh, I didn't know that. Either way. Lavender Town. <laughs> yep. We don't Next have extradition to Lavender, Lavender Town. Town. Uh, okay. Uh, for a moment, Matt, I don't know if you were aware, but we all inhabited the Panopticon. I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay. Uh, Valve's platform, Steam... Um, is where uh, I'd say the majority of uh, PC games are sold. And up until recently, there was like some insight into the statistics coming out of it, and individual companies would know their sales numbers. But it was really difficult to like figure out publicly what was going on. And there was this product... Valve didn't have a bestseller list? or they, they, track, uh, they have a bestseller list, but they didn't track individual sales? Yeah, and they wouldn't tell you the numbers. Oh, okay. That makes more sense than the idea that they wouldn't track. Yeah, No, they, they know, they would just but they're not surfacing all the numbers, yeah. right? So there was this thing called Steam Spy, and it kind of let you see into it because people were like manipulating the API in certain ways. Was it ways. owned by Steam? No. Oh, okay. It was some sort of a, a right. ancillary app. That got shut down in April. Okay. And then recently, uh, this guy, Tyler Glalil, Glalil, it's a real elfish name. Tyler, Tyler, feel free to write in with the correct pronunciation. Please please let us know. You can reach us at podcast at zero stars. Dot co. 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 C-O. Tyler Glalil figured out that he could look at the Steam achievement data and backwards engineer how many people had played a game if the game had achievements. And by doing that, he was actually able to get incredibly accurate lifetime sales data for a lot of games uh, that have Steam achievements. Did he then sell this to publishers? He uh, actually gave it to Ars Technica to publish, and then Valve closed the loophole. But so we have uh, the top 10 games of all time featuring Steam achievements on Steam through July 1st. And I want you to try and guess the top three. Uh, CSGO. Whoa, great guess. That's number two. Okay. Number one. I'm going to take this way too seriously for this podcast to be fun. Uh, Portal 2? Portal 2 is actually very low on this list. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah, it's kind of weird. This is a terrible news story. <laughs> no, no, I like it. I'm just, I'm thinking about it way too hard now. Uh, battle, battle, Battlegrounds? Player unknowns. Battlegrounds Battle is three. Oh, interesting. Okay, so number one would be oh god, of course. It's uh whatchamacallit? The the Dota? Dota two. No. It's Team Fortress. Really? Actually, Dota's not in this top ten. Maybe this isn't so accurate. Yeah, this seems off. Wait, does Dota not require you to purchase it? Is no, Dota free it's to free play? to play. But these so are all these are all why? free to play. Is Team No actually CSGO is not free to play. I'm none of sure. these are free to play. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that no, must be free to... because p- Warframe's free to play, and that's on this list. Oh. Maybe this list is totally incorrect. This story sucks. <laughs> keep it. Please keep it, because I want everybody to know that I guessed at least one of these. I will allow it. What's a panopticon? Uh, it's like this... F- Foucault had this idea that it's like a spot from which you can watch everything, but no one knows who you are. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So you have access to... Like, you can see everyone. 
but it's oh. like it's like this philosophical construct. There's a castle in um, the middle of Connecticut, the old Gillette Castle, that has a panopticon where you stand in a room yep. and you can see the mirrors allow you to see every room in the house. Yeah, like prisons will yeah. have panopticons, and like it's a uh, oh, fascinating. It's like like Lost, like was kind of a lot of Lost is about like the idea of a panopticon. All right. So, anyways, that's the panopticon a bit of, uh, is closed. <laughs> yes, we will never have access to that data again. Uh, actually, Valve announced that they're going to reveal some data, but not all of it, because like it gets really weird for competitive reasons is, with everyone. If they have this everything. is how you get progress: you cheat the system and force the force the monopoly to admit that maybe they should let people know something. Yeah. Uh, so, I am the walrus. Famous song by the Beatles, yeah. uh, relatively obscure English rock group. Um, so I'm the walrus. There's a mystery laid out in that and says, who is the Eggman? He says it's him, but is it? Turns out it's fucking Jim Carrey. <laughs> I should have seen where you were going with this. Um, Are they going with, with Eggman or Robotnik though for this? It name? appears they're So they, they standardized. Okay. For our listeners at home, uh, they are making a Sonic the Hedgehog movie. We keep bringing this up, and for some reason, despite our pleas, it has not been stopped. <laughs> um, and they've already cast James Marsden as human man in it. Uh, they don't actually specify who he is going to play. Uh, who they, plays human man in lots of things. Yes, he is a good human Except man. Except for Westworld. That's true. Yeah. Good point. Spoiler alert for Westworld. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they also uh, have confirmed at this point that this is going to be a movie in which Sonic the Hedgehog is CG and he interacts with people. I believe that James Marsden is going to be some sort of a police officer. Oh, okay. I hadn't seen that. This is this is the rumor, at least, that I had heard. I would believe it. My favorite thing about all of these Our articles... Our boys in blue meet <laughs> Sega's boy in blue. <laughs> My favorite thing about all of these Sonic the Hedgehog movie articles, which I read religiously, <laughs> is that each one mentions that, like that like fans have reached out to like whoever voices Sonic in the video games and asked whether he would be willing to like return and do it on the big screen. And the guy always goes, I don't think they're going to choose me, <laughs> but I'd love to do it. <laughs> of course. Well, you know who really they're wants gonna to do Kiefer it? They're going to get Kiefer Sutherland for sure. Oh, that'd be so awesome. No, no. I'm saying he is going to get Kiefer Sutherland as in like using that as a verb, using Kiefer Sutherland as a verb. He's going to get Sutherlanded. He's going to get Sutherlanded. Mm, I see. Um, you know who is ready to do it and did get asked? Jim Carrey. Noted anti-vaxxer, James Carrey. <laughs> um, so Jim Carrey is going to voice the evil Dr. Eggman, previously uh, the artist known as Robotnik. Um, also an anti-vaxxer. So, yes. actually, Well, actually, he seems pretty pro-vaccination, given that he turns everyone into robots and like medically experiments on them. But... That's a conversation for another time. Maybe Jim Carrey thinks that's what would happen to us if you <laughs> well, defeated polio. You, this becomes, do you think that like Jim Carrey is treating this as a giant anti-vaccination propaganda piece? I really hope so. <laughs> I, the idea that like Sonic the Hedgehog would be on the side of modern medicine, though, is a little disturbing. <laughs> um, so, okay. The key to this whole thing is I got the story off of Polygon and they threw this incredible shade at Jim Carrey by laying out this whole story and then there's like paragraph break and they open up a paragraph with this sentence. Carrey, 56, was an A-list superstar more than 20 years ago. <laughs> Savage. <laughs> That's all I have to say about that. Are you excited about the Sonic the Hedgehog movie? 
in a weird way, I'm getting more and more excited about reading about it. Me too. I don't. I maybe. I think we probably will end up watching. Oh, it. there is no doubt in my mind that we are going to it's, see this yeah. film. Uh, okay, Starfield. Uh, this is the Bethesda. It is it's title that was just revealed. Announced. Uh, it sounds like Skyrim in space. Yeah, space rim. Yes, exactly. Space Jam. Uh, turns out that space is far, far away because Todd Howard gave an interview with Eurogamer and he basically, like, without saying as much, kind of implies that, like, eh, I don't know what that thing is. Because <laughs> he's like, what systems we put it on? What's the hardware requirements? Still to be determined, said we, Howard. We love the name. We're pushing it. We're thinking very, very far in the future. And we're building something that will handle next generation hardware. That's what we're building on right now. That's where our mind is. But that doesn't mean it wouldn't exist on current systems as well. We're building something that would handle next generation hardware, as in it will do the handling. The next generation hardware won't handle it, but it will handle the hardware. <laughs> yes. Uh, I mean, the real implication there is that like they're building it specifically for the next generation. Yeah. Everything out there implies that those consoles aren't even finalized to the point that devs have them. Yeah. So I mean, this they're thing just is like so they're just building it for away. they're building it for super high end PCs. I would imagine just yeah. like they're I'm sure building it for like speculative hardware. Yeah. Quantum quantum computing. Yeah. Probably quantum computing. Yeah. <laughs> this will run on your space phone. <laughs> What's weird about it is that we'll actually be in space by the time it comes out. Well, so Jean Luc like, Picard and the next generation can all enjoy this new star uh, Skyrim in space game. Yeah. It's actually just the holodeck. <laughs> That's the game. Um, they've been laying the hints this entire time <laughs> the next generation was always italicized whenever they talked about it that's how they got us um anyway we'll probably go to mars before this man i hope so with james mars den <laughs> um the clues were there all along um okay this is our final story but i think it actually is a rich vein for conversation uh, ArenaNet had a really bad two weeks. What's ArenaNet? Great question, Matt. You really have been out of the loop. Yeah. Okay. ArenaNet makes Guild Wars 2. Okay. Uh, and they fired two team members uh, related to social media posts. Um, and basically, it was this social media exchange that kind of spun out of control uh, where this narrative designer for ArenaNet named Jessica Price, um, she wrote this thread on Twitter about why it's difficult to write stories for MMOs, right? And write characters in MMOs. Sounds, sounds accurate. Yes. I was going to say pretty like common sense, perhaps. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, not that it doesn't need explaining, but it sounds like this is something that everybody should agree with. I'm definitely curious yeah. why that would be the case, <laughs> but I also have no doubt that it is the case. Um, and at this point, <laughs> A prominent Guild Wars streamer decided that he was going to take issue <laughs> with uh, her well-articulated opinion <laughs> um, and was just like, uh, hey, I kind of disagree with this. And she responded pretty brusquely to him, uh, probably because she has dudes tell her what to do all the time <laughs> and said basically as much and was just like, I don't need to put up with this, essentially. Um, as is her prerogative as a creator. Indeed. Called him an asshat. Maybe, maybe a little much, but, you know, it's understandable. There are meaner names. Oh, undoubtedly. Um, and then another guy from her studio chimed in and was just like, I agree with her. 
And then ArenaNet brought them back into the office. That'll happen on the 4th of July. Yeah. ArenaNet on July 5th was just like, you guys don't work here anymore. Because Reddit got a hold of this and the Guild Wars 2 community was like, I can't believe this. How dare they do this to us? And ArenaNet just caved. So, uh, the internet remains bad. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> this is... Do I feel like I've heard this posited just recently in this way, but do do de- do development teams make games for gamers or do they make games because making games is what they do? You know, are they making games for the art of it, the art of it, or are they making games for an audience? And it seems as though the further you get from the people who are necessarily making the games actually putting in the work, making the games, the more the conceit that you are making games for an audience matters. Not to mention because it's very expensive to make games. I don't know. Oh, undoubtedly. I, this is, the game is Guild Wars? So this is Guild Wars 2. Oh, uh, this game has been the first relatively one. long running. I actually played Guild Wars 1. And thought what, it was what, cool. what kind of game is this? It's they're an just MMO. MMOs? Okay. They're MMOs. I mean, they're, they're, they're fantasy Diablo-esque. Okay. Uh, they're, they're cool. Um, I'm sure that they make if it's been this long running, then I'm sure that it's not hurting for cash. See, I think it might be oh. because of the way in which they responded to this, which kind of implies that they're like, if half of the group leaves, we're all screwed. Certainly, there's like this element to the whole thing where... But do you think that people really stop playing games because they're upset? I, I What I realized about this whole story is I was like, I don't understand. And I okay, I think that listeners will understand that I do not have a Twitter uh, we do not maintain this podcast Twitter. No. Um, I meant and, to delete it last week and I forgot again. Whoops. Uh, nobody noticed. Um, because I just don't enjoy the like constant need for everybody to be in the panopticon, so to speak. Like I don't think it helps anyone necessarily. I think it's really cool when it works out and it's like, wow, I got to talk to somebody and there's somebody I never would have gotten the chance to talk to otherwise. Like That's cool when that yeah. happens on Twitter. And I think it's like cool that... Twitter provides a forum where somebody who writes stories for MMOs could say why it's hard. That's neat. Yeah. I think the way that it kind of, that the discussion happens after that almost always seems real bad. And I can't tell if that's because like the messages are short or because it's really easy for a mob to form or what it is about it. Column A, B, C, D. It just feels like it always kind of tilts in a really negative direction. And it just like puts pressure on people that I don't think that they deserve. And I don't think anybody's ready for. And it also creates a weird situation where it's like, and this is what I've really been thinking about because in the wake of this, other game companies were saying that they're like creating social media policies for employees because part of the weird thing here is that they'd always said like, you can be yourself on social media and then they yeah. fired these people over social media posts. But it's like, what is the line? Like, who are you? And at what point are you not on the job? And like, what is acceptable? And then simultaneously, there's such an element of like in, you know, 40 years ago, nobody knew what you did off the job. I mean, imagine being the HR department at any of these developers and having to deal primarily with the internet and fallout in the internet, a place where everything is always sliding towards chaos because of the nature of anonymity in the platforms that they're yeah. using. It must be awful to be those HR departments. Yeah, and I think it's awful to be one of these people oh. who kind of wants to engage with this 
and is a a group that comes in for marginalization and like targeting generally, which is to say women, people of color, you know, any, any pick your minority group. Yeah. Um, which are hyper minorities in games, especially probably. Yeah. That's, that's a good point too. Um, I think it's just kind of crazy to think about like, it's difficult to expect those people to conduct themselves in a way that like, a company would want those people to conduct themselves mm-hmm. given that they're like constantly kind of getting hit up from all sides. Um, and it's also like what my company doesn't have a social media policy. Like my company hasn't said like, if you run a podcast, you can't say this on it or something, you know, like, but like, I suppose if they were to listen to this and dip really hated it, they could probably like reprimand me. I don't know if they could fire me. I mean, the, the it's super complicated and this gets into all kinds of situations in which I would think that people getting fired over things that they say on social media is maybe more warranted or more or less warranted. Like for instance, recently in Chicago, someone um, who owns one of the local bars was fired for making, for posting and reposting racist memes. Oh, really? I didn't see that. That's yeah, terrible. Racist memes on Facebook. Um, and they were basically I'm not sure whether they were bought out, in which case they weren't exactly fired, but they were kicked out of their ownership of this bar. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if that's, I mean, I guess there's some element there where that's damaging to the reputation. You know, like Papa certainly, John. Certainly, oh God, Papa John, fuck that dude. Well, he's out, man. He's gone. Yeah, he's thank God. Papa gone. <laughs> um, I just yeah it's exa- it's it it's certainly exhausting because it is a fine line and it's actually probably a fascinating area of study I'm sure for a lot of ethicists and I don't, are there internet ethicists there's got there be. have to be I, yeah I mean they given, definitely given are, the number of PhDs floating around out there there I, is yeah. dude like there is somebody that CNN can call where they can put a thing on the border below their name that says internet ethicist god i hope that there is somebody because i would i would listen to their podcast if not it really doesn't take a lot for us to write that on a uh, resume that's true internet ethicists babin met <laughs> uh no more news i don't have any more news i heard that octopath traveler the game for nintendo switch is not good i also heard that um I've heard other people say that it's great. It's just like an old JRPG, which makes me think, oh, okay, so it's not good. Well, I don't know. There are great old RPGs. There are there are a select few really great old JRPGs, and then there's a lot of really bad old it's JRPGs. True. It's true. Or ones that the very maybe we should, bad isn't fair. Ones that have not aged well. Certain JRPGs have aged very well. Yeah. Well, it's it's always like. Parts of it will age well, and then other parts of it won't. Like yeah. I was playing Earthbound, which I've never played, and I still want to finish. Perfect. But good God, the combat, especially in the early going, is just like the most painfully slow oh, really? thing. Oh, is it slow? It's, I remember it being fast. It gets faster, and I can see. Like I just kind of fell off it because I had other things come up, and yeah. I've been meaning to get back to it. But oh, like in that the very, early going, the, when you're walking around l- oh, with Mr. Buzz, oh my God, yeah, yeah it, it is. <laughs> it's it's a very poor opening in its pacing it is insanely bad and the yeah. story is super interesting but then the combat's just like what is happening and then it does you can see where it will pick up later yeah it actually ends up becoming uh, uncomfortably fast-paced at times right because you can because of the way that like the the 
HP works as like slots. Yeah, you can and everything's stop like it. ticking down. Ticking so down. You're, you're kind yeah. of you're everything is timing under and, pressure at a certain point. But in the, that early going, you're not, and it just yeah. is sluggish as hell. That's when they release that on Switch. I they better release it on Switch. I can't wait to go back and play that again. Yeah, that's okay. one. That's one of the formative media that's experiences. One of Matt's favorites. Yeah, a critical hit. Truly. Um, so yeah. Anyway, Octopath Traveler. Maybe not. Maybe maybe not. Um, I was actually really curious about that because it does look very pretty. It looks very pretty. I played the demo and I was not impressed. You were by not the demo. impressed by the no. demo, I recall. And this bore it out. It sounds like the rest of the game is eight times as bad. Woo! Uh, anyway, have you been playing anything? I've played uh, very little because I have been trying to uh, ship an app at work, which is exciting. Oh, ship an app. Ship in an app. Um, I'm like, this app should hook up with this app, and I've written a fan fiction about it. <laughs> um, no, I've been uh, trying to get this application out the door, and it's stressful. But I have played a little bit of Fortnite on the phone. Oh. Uh, Fortnite, uh, we played it on the consoles. Also known like, as Fork Knife. Yes. If you're a parent. Exactly. If you're an oldster. Uh, so we played a little bit of it, you know, and it was pretty cool. And that was on the, uh, I think we played it on PS4, right? Uh, I played it on the bone. You played it on the bone? I did. And I thought it was a pretty good game. Um, but like not really for me, you know what I mean? I was much more of a of a PUBG type guy. The shooting didn't feel as good as PUBG back then. No, it did not. This you know is what? going back to like November of last year. I'm going to tell you what doesn't improve the feeling of the shooting. Playing it on a phone? You're correct, Matt. So, okay. The phone port of Fortnite, man, signing into it, super weird experience because I signed into my Xbox account. Oh. Then I was prompted to create an Epic account. Then the game aired out, <laughs> showed me a bunch of random characters, and crashed. And by characters, you don't mean the super cool, hip-looking character design? No, that, I mean just oh, okay. a bunch of text. Oh. Uh, and then it just crashed out to my home screen. Then I rebooted it, and it was like it thought I was logged in. So clearly, like the handshake worked, and then it didn't know what to do when it got no. the response. So, okay. Then I got stuck in a queue... For like minutes at a time, every time I tried to play it. Is this a British game? Uh, I guess so. Yeah, I got stuck in some sort of server queue. I don't know. Quayway, uh, which was weird. And then I finally got to play it yesterday, and I've played one round of Fortnite on the phone. Um, when you first boot it, it goes, how do you want to shoot? And it has three options. And they're like, uh, press a button to shoot. Like tap the screen anywhere to shoot hmm. and then put your cursor on someone and auto shoot and then that is checked and it says recommended and i said that one <laughs> uh so is that like auto aim you just no, tap a you person have to, all you have to do is aim and then it just shoots if, if your cursor is on a dude it is shooting okay okay so i did that one um the interface is insane. Uh, parts of it feel like they just took the PC thing and put it on there. So you're like on your iPhone and trying to press a, like a tiny little close button that somebody's clearly meant to navigate with a mouse in yeah. the setting screen. I was in the setting screen because there was no sound coming out of it. And I was in the setting screen. And it was like all the volume was up all the way. And I couldn't figure out how to make sound come out of it. And I was infuriated was by it. Was your phone on vibrate? No. Uh, yes, but I had the volume up. Hmm. Either way, I don't know what's up with that. So you played on mute. So I played a silent round of Fortnite in just total silence sitting in my living room on this phone. And it controls better than I thought it would, which is hmm. to say 
still pretty poorly. I hid in a room and I got six, <laughs> which is like pretty decent. That's probably like the, it's easily the best I've ever done in Fortnite. Sixth. Sixth. Oh, I thought you said at first I got sixth, and I was like, that's hip. Oh, that would be cool. <laughs> no, no you, how many people did you kill None. by tapping on them? None. You didn't kill a single person by I, tapping I, on them. What I did is I dropped and I said, I'm going to go into the middle. And I dropped into the middle. I went into a house and then I pointed my auto firing gun at the door. <laughs> so you could tap on the door. And then I just sat there in total silence, listening to the sound of my ceiling fan running, <laughs> waiting for somebody to open the door so that my gun would just start shooting at them because I'd picked up a gun. Was it tense? No, it was silent. Oh, that's true. There's little visual indicators for like if people are shooting or st- footsteps, which oh, is kind of neat. Because there's no sound. Because the, the assumption so every- is that you're playing it in class behind a book. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's why it's silent. I mean, it definitely... Do you think it auto... Like there's some sort of like arcane sub, sub, sub menu that requires you to turn on the sound? Well, I could have no Googled it, but it. I got really worried because like the weirder part about it is it will put you in these things like server queues or like be trying to matchmake. Yeah. And because I'm on a phone, what I want is to be able to like... Have it run in the background. Want it be like, I want to play a game. Have it running in the background and like flip to my messages app or like flip to Safari and Google something. And then just have it send me a notification that's like, you matched into a game. You need to drop right now and press the button. Just like let me drop out of the sh- out of the bus. Um, that'd be really great. But instead, it seems to just like reset the application whenever you leave it. Okay. So you can't like have it in the background and like have it. Yeah. kind of multitask which is what i really want it to do yeah um you so i couldn't phones, i couldn't flip out and be like how do i turn on the sound and uh it was very frustrating i got into a firefight and i died because it's impossible to shoot people with your thumbs like that so can you not shoot the gun unless you are pointing no at there's it? also a button oh to there fire. is a button to fire okay like it's amazing the degree to which it has all of the controls of fortnite from the console like it is fortnite on the console fortnite on the yeah. pc it is that game but it is all on the phone. Did you get any kind of an idea of how many people were playing? A hundred, at least. <laughs> well put. Uh, Will I don't you know. be going back to it? I mean, it's on my phone, and did, I played it. Do you maybe. feel the desire to take it out again? Like, it made me kind of want to play it on the console again. That I understand better. That that was kind of where I was at. Yeah, with I kind of want to play it on the console again too. I yeah, want to see whether the shooting has improved. Uh, they said they redid it. I mean, it. We yeah. can do it after this. All the videos I see of Fortnite these days, anywhere, are not actually people shooting each other, but people just like building these incredible, extravagant, like bouncy well, castles. That was always the part of it that I didn't like. Also. Yeah, same. I I because I'm not into the building element, and it's such actually, a critical part of it. Maybe I don't want to. Play it again. What I would advocate about the phone version is it seems pretty difficult to flip between building and not building and all that stuff. So I didn't get the sense that people were building in the same way that they are in the PC yeah. version. Where I feel like if you play it on the console, like once you get down to six people, people are just building. I just like ran out into a field and there was just a guy and I was just trying to shoot him and he was just trying to shoot me and it was very PUBG. Yeah. PUBG is also on the phone, right? It is. And I'm now meaning to get that. Uh, because I'm very curious. It's only the only way you can play it, I presume, on any Apple device. I guess so at this point, yeah. Could you run a phone, like an, an O, could you run the iOS, could you run iOS within a your Mac and... Like in the that? simulator? Yeah, no. no. You, can't, you can't run pre-signed apps in the simulator. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> oh, well. Um, so what have you been playing, Matt? Because, uh, I mean, I'm pretty good at Fortnite, but whatever. So 
Longtime listeners will remember that a while back you purchased a game on your Mac. I did. By a game by Team Cherry yep. called Hollow Knight. I got it on sale. I was very excited, and the controller mapping has never worked properly. And I said, I don't like this game. You went so far as to email Team Cherry, who responded with, Yeah, LOL, that's kind of tricky, huh? No, they said, Go to this forum thread that I had already been on, and I did. Eventually, I kind of got the controller working, but it would cut out intermittently. And playing that game, I honestly think, like, I don't know, the controller cuts out, and I can't tell if it's mapped properly, because I just felt, like, slow and bad, and I never enjoyed playing it. Well, Bob's going to find out how he really feels about it, because we're going to play some of it later. I'm excited. I have been playing a lot <laughs> of Hollow Knight. You are the Hollow Knight. Um, no, actually, you're not the Hollow Knight. And if you had played it a little bit longer, you'd realize this. Okay. Hollow Knight is... I couldn't move. <laughs> Not my fault. You couldn't hear in Fortnite, and that didn't hurt you. No, I did really well. <laughs> uh, Hollow Knight is a Metroidvania in the truest sense. Metroidvania being a... Um, what's that called when you push two words together? Portmandu. Portmanteau. Portmanteau. Is that... Portmandu? Mandu? Mandu? Uh, it's a, a, a thing. This is like the purest Metroidvania I have played maybe ever. This is a very, it's a very, very good game. It's a, it's super addictive. It's basically, God, I don't even know where to start with it. It's about, you're a little bug man. You're a little Emphasis bug man. Emphasis on little, because everybody is much bigger than you. Yes, you're very small in this you're game. You're very small in this game. You have a uh, sword that everybody calls a nail because you live in a tiny world where people use nails to fight, like carpenter nails. And it is like a little spike. It's a little spike. And, um... You encounter other bugs. Some of them are friendly. Some of them are not friendly. And you explore a series of 2D maps and just run around and find new things. Every so often, you will see um, an area that you can't access, maybe because you can't jump high enough. And you will, in your head, note that area on the map and say, oh, I will get a double jump later, and that will allow me to access this. And it's just that layered on the same conceit is layered on over and over and over again. Classic Metroid. Classic, classic Metroid. Um, the combat being much more in the Vania, the Symphony of the Night sort of uh, feel. So something that I experienced when I was playing it was that I would get into situations where I'd be like, oh, I'm clearly not powerful enough for this area. Even less so than like, I don't have the abilities. Or, But I felt like I was kind of being like rebuffed by the strength of the enemies in a very Dark Souls kind of way. Hello, Dark Souls, my old friend. Do you feel like that happens? Or was that just because I couldn't press the A button and have it register? In the very... <laughs> <laughs> not that you're bitter or anything it really uh, pissed me off oh god un understandably i can understand that in fact you turned me off to it i didn't even i to the point that i didn't even look up anything about this game everybody said it was so good and i was just so frustrated that i probably did not give it a fair shake but it really pissed me off where were we oh I, you asked whether okay so in the opening in the opening area there's there is you can take a left or a right in the first dungeon yes essentially and when you if drop you go down right, well, and yeah, after you drop down, if you down go to well, the right, there's a big dude. There's and a big dude, hard. and and you can beat him. And I managed to beat him relatively early on, just because I kept at it and I learned his animations. I wanted to do that, but, but then I just when like, you have a faulty controller, yeah, I just yeah. couldn't do it. Um, that is the only time I've run into anything where the the moment to moment enemies have overpowered me, and mm. it feels to me very much like it is a statement on the developer's part, similar to Dark Souls, where it is trying to guide you to the left. 
I see. They're just trying to push you that direction. Because yep. I went down. So I went to the left, and then I ended up coming back and being like, I think I could do oh, you this. Oh, do, you do come around back. And by the time you come around back, you kind of have the... You haven't actually leveled up in any real sense, mm-hmm. but you have a better understanding, hopefully, of how you how to use your your weapon how to how to maneuver the knight the fact that you can do um downward slashes that then like throw you up in the air again mm. like shovel knight like oh that's uh, cool this game this game is very very good i think it's it's excellent it's really meticulous and well made and i cannot stop playing it in a way that i that is not an issue that I have with Dark Souls. I often, with Dark Souls, feel as though there are moments of reprieve and moments to breathe. Um, Hollow Knight, for better or for worse, is almost constant either backtracking and movement, which I don't dislike, but I'm always in a hurry to get somewhere. Does it lack like bonfire-type sort of checkpoints? It has checkpoints, but everything is so close, and there's always something new to do so close to you that the impulse to just go for another five minutes is always strong. It's a real Breath of the Wild situation. It's a very Breath of the Wild situation. The up, the problem, though, is that there are some moments of beauty and in, in like quiet, kind of quiet majesty in Hollow, in Hollow Knight, but they're relatively rare compared to... I would say this game is 90%. You are pretty stressed out trying to do something. <laughs> yeah. And what you're doing is fun. It's usually like a relatively good stress. It's a fun stress. You know, overcoming, like in... in in Dark Souls, overcoming these challenges is really satisfying. Mm-hmm. But there's so much of it, and it's stacked so closely that I find it has taken a little bit of a toll on my <laughs> on my health. That's rough. I have been very stressed out this week, not because of anything going on in my life, <laughs> mostly just because like I quit playing Hollow Knight after like playing for an hour, and my entire body just feels like seized up. <laughs> like literally, my forearms are just like rock hard, and I need to get I need to like massage them to get them to relax again. Do because some downward the, dog. Yeah, yeah. It is just. It's a very good game. I kind of wish it were a little bit they had a little bit more room to breathe because there is so much it's so dense and so much of that density is high intensity interesting yeah i i'm i really do want to play it i don't want to buy it again like i already paid them money. oh i i get that i and mean so it's, 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 it's very 15 bucks on switch this is one of the best 15 bucks i've ever spent yeah i should get just that based game. on input i mean i i you know it's it takes a lot of time though it's a time sink you know, right. I played for about ten hours, and I don't feel as though I'm very far into it. That's pretty awesome, though. And nothing but, and like you know, I'll you'll fight the same bosses a few times. Like, I mean, like as in, like it takes a few tries does to the, get most any boss. Does so? It's uh, when you start out, at least it's all black, white, and gray. Does yes. the color palette vary ever? Yep. Uh, the second area introduces greens and pinks. Okay. Um, it stays a lot of earth tones, though. It's pretty much earth tones throughout. Mm-hmm. This is not... Yeah, it's definitely not like Hyper Light Drifter. Okay. This does not feel like... One of the sort of weirdly satisfying things about it is that, while it's definitely riding like a sort of Dark Souls gritty earthiness, um, it's also combining that with some sort of like very chibi-esque kind of cute character design. It's very cute. It's very cute. I um, like the way the dude looks a lot. Yes. The character design is really good throughout. And it's also kind of nice that it doesn't feel... It feels like it's not really sticking to any really super noticeable trends that you see in 2D gaming. It's not pixel pixel art. It's like a heightened... I know that you, your it, response it to it... It looks like a Flash game. Your response to it was that it looked a lot... It looks initially a lot like alien hominid 
It looks very like Alien. Yes. It looks like a but flash is, game from Newgrounds. But it is me. significantly more densely detailed than Alien Hominid. And I think that like I as someone who does not like the look of Alien Hominid and like all of those games by whatever dudes those are, like the that made the Castle Crashers and stuff. Castle Crashers is a little bit better. Um Battle Box Theater or whatever. Yeah. I think that this this kind of shoes a lot of their like weird sort of like dumb gross out humor. And I think that there is like a there's a, a fascinating sort of majesty and sadness and melancholy mixed with like very cute little bug characters in this. And the animations are pretty solid throughout. Um, I really like it a lot. I highly recommend it to pretty much anyone. It's hard, though. It is hard. It's very stressful. Yeah. Uh, And that's good stress. And sometimes, like, that, when you stop playing, though, the stress kind of lingers. Is it something where you can level uh, to kind of overcome the stress? Like, would it be feasible there's, for you to grind a section and then be like, oh, now I'm super jacked and go fight something? There's no grinding. What you can do, though, is you can continue. There's so many places to go and so many secrets to discover that if you're having trouble with a boss like I have, mm-hmm. um, or if you find a boss that's just, like, seems way outside your your range or of ability, go do something else and you'll find you'll find plenty of like extra like you'll you'll collect pieces of your mask to give you an extra health bar. Gotcha. Um you'll be able to find new charms. In, in this game you don't equip uh weapons or armor, you equip charms that kind of change your playstyle. Oh, very cool. So charms can do anything from kind of like allowing you to gather uh more health to uh making you move faster to like even when you heal yourself you'll emit like this poison gas that like harms anything that's in your area that's cool. there's a lot of there's a lot of variation it is a very simple and kind of shockingly deep little like play customization yeah so you can that adapt sounds kind of like to, uh... to the 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 activity that you're doing you might have a build out like a charm build out for bosses and you might have a different charm build out for exploration that kind of reminds me of like downwell there's there's some downwell elements to it for sure. Uh, like, I would say because downwell definitely had that element of like when you would pick your kind of loadout at the beginning, which just was like a simple change to the way the character acted. If you but played it totally with changed one, your game. If you played yeah. with one for a while, you were like, "This is how the game works." Yeah. And then if you started to use a different one, you'd be like, "This is not the same game." Yeah. It's it uh, is it can it it's kind of shocking how much they change your play so style. do you get different weapons. Nope, you just get the nail. You as far as I know, okay. I mean, I don't know if you you end up having well, a, a okay. different one. At this one. point, though, yeah, yeah. Um, it's a it's it's a really fun game, though. I like it a lot. It's that very charming. Awesome. Yeah, and I kind of it's like for the amount that's there, I feel like I've heard this repeated by other people, but like it's very true that like it's a lot for fifteen bucks. That's cool. Yeah, it's a deep deep game. Don't buy it on the Mac. No, definitely don't buy it on the Mac. It's very bad. <laughs> Also, the Switch controller is maybe not ideal for this. I don't have a Pro controller, but boy, does my thumb hurt after I play. Yeah. And I have like an indentation that's almost permanent <laughs> at this point of the uh, the like A button or whatever. Okay. So from jumping, because there's a lot of platforming. Yeah, there. I, I've got that already. I mean. Yeah, the platforming. I mean, the platforming. It gets much more difficult than some of the bosses in some areas. And often there will be like a stupidly simple solution to the platforming that I just didn't think of because mm-hmm. I kind of forget that I have certain moves because they'll be relatively new or what have you. Or you don't. You're not forced to use them. And I'm not. Yeah, yeah. So there's like some creative. You can definitely get through the platforming areas. In, in some creative ways, That's which is awesome. really, which is really clever and good. It's good design. The whole thing is good design. I'm, I'm very intrigued. I might 
cave eventually. Yeah, I mean, you might want to finish God of War first. I'm going to. And then Dark Souls Remastered. I do need to play that. <laughs> I'm stacking oh, up. Oh, by a- the way, I beat Dark Souls for the first time oh, in my life. Oh, how was it? It was good. So many. I played that game twice and got into the last bonfire and then just like stopped. Yeah. Be- and then I remember. Um, and then I finally went through and I beat it and it was oh man that last boss is hard. Yes, I'm sure. But uh, I also played the DLC that I'd never played before, where uh-huh. you go into. Have the you ever painting? played the DLC? No, 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 the paintings in the well, regular the game. The normal game, yeah, because yeah. I've done that. No, but there's I don't think DLC. I've ever played, uh, there's DLC, and I, I think it's like uh, Artorias's or something like something uh, Abyss of Artorias or yes, something like that's that. What it is. But you enter like a very different looking world. It's very green and like lush, and like feels kind of like a fairy tale world. You talk oh. to a giant mushroom. You fight a basilisk. Like is the first thing you do. That sounds pretty cool. It's, it's very not a basilisk. What am I thinking of? Um, whatever. I don't know some other mythical animal, but it's like it's like also you, you just fight, see you fight a mythical animal. It's, Check. it's funny to see the DLC because all of the enemies have like these brand new animations that aren't recycled really like, animations and wow. like and like the initial boss that you play, you fight a boss the second you enter the DLC area, and it's just like in clearly immediately a step above any of the bosses in the original Dark Souls, and you're just it's like clear that it's DLC and that it's like bridging a gap. Interesting. I'm very it's curious. A, it's a really cool. It's a cool section. It's actually it's highly worth playing. Um, if I, you, I gotta if you get actually to play that. through that. I'm game. excited. Yeah, that's such a man. Dark Souls. Dark Souls is really Woo! good. Still really good. Anyway. Um, cool. Yeah, that's that's it for me and games. Awesome, man. I I will play more things by next time. I promise. Yeah. Uh, in the meantime, has there been anything that you've really enjoyed outside of video games this week, Matt? Shorts. All right, dude. Tell me about them. Just like they're like pants, but you cut them about like five inches above the knee. Okay. Three inches. Can you equi- you can equip gems on them? I haven't yet, but I guess you could bedazzle them. Yeah, I think it's it's like you put the uh, carabiner on there, and then you have yeah. the keys, and it's like, oh, you're a master of unlocking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, shorts, wide leg shorts. Okay, that sounds pretty cool. I like shorts. <laughs> I'm not yeah, wearing them you? right now, but sometimes. Um, I actually liked, uh, so devotees will recall that I once talked about a record called only love by a band called the armed. I recall this very well. Uh, and it's, uh, I've number one, I continue to really enjoy that record. It's It's the man in the ghillie suit. It is. It's like a metal record, but it's like, it's like a, I don't know. It's like Satan's Genesis is trying to play a pop song. It is crazy sounding. Yeah. Satan's Genesis as opposed to Sega Genesis? Uh, yeah, like okay. in hell. <laughs> okay, I like this. No, I just thought it would be funny if it was called Satan's <laughs> I would Satan also Genesis. be into that. Yeah. That sounds like a cool bootleg shirt. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it's really crazy metal pop. I don't know. It's it's a metal record, but like I listen to it and it sounds pink to me, like in a synesthesia sense. Like It just sounds like a pop song. Uh, it's great. So anyways, the record's really good. I thought this was just a band from Detroit. Since then, uh, this article came out in Noisy, which is Vice's music site. Um, And it's like a week with the armed or something like that, it's called. And this person went and tried to shadow this band. And you very quickly realize that this band is an art project and none of these people are real. and every single person that he meets, he meets like four dudes and they all introduce themselves as Dan. He meets a guy named Dan. I forget the dude's last name, but he's like, 
he introduces himself as this guy, but that guy is a famous DJ in Detroit and it's not this guy. And he interacts with this girl who's a different girl who's been in other photos of the arm, but she says she plays the bass. At one point, they rent a Porsche and take a bunch of press photos with it. These are different than the press photos they submitted to Rolling Stone when Rolling Stone asked for a photo. They clearly hired actors for that photo <laughs> to take this picture that looks like it's like the strokes or something. Basically, you just realize that like w- within our internet-connected age of everyone being a public picture uh, and everybody knowing everything about everyone else, there is still room for just like... I don't know who the hell these people are. I don't know what they are doing, but they made this record and they put it out and it's just like, they're able to be public and like interact with media and still just be totally anonymous. And it's so cool. So I'd really recommend reading that article about the arm. I really want to read this. There's another, I can, Okay. there's another article from like the Detroit free press or something. Uh, cause like they don't do a lot of press. And it's great because it's this article and the whole article you're going through it and it's a very standard band interview, right? And they say things like, yeah, you know, we just started like hiring actors just re- like like recently because we were always talking to people and they didn't believe it was actually us. And they're like, it's like this very, it seems like it's legit. Yeah. And then in the last paragraph, the person is like, I looked up pictures of the names they gave me. These are not those people. <laughs> <laughs> this is like a great short story. As it's well, this is public fiction, is what yes, it is. Yes, it, it is. It's, it's total myth making. Yeah, and, and it is in the best way, where it's just like they actually do exist in a world where the only thing they play shows, but who's playing the shows? Because it seems like they're all different people all the time. But they have a vocalist who's like the vocalist, and people know that. Yeah. But nobody knows who this dude is. They all supposedly live in a mansion in Detroit together. But do they? No one knows. If you are a member of the Armed, please contact us. You can reach us at if you're not a member armed of the Armed at zerostars.co. Later. <laughs> <laughs>